Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, you know what? Some of the guys stepped up, uh, put some really big swings on the ball. I mean, looking around, Jake Cave had a great day out there. Um, uh, you know, a few of the guys that kept had a nice day. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of good stuff going on out there. Um, I'm going to miss, if I start naming people, I'm going to miss them all. But that's a good thing if, if there's that many guys uh uh, doing their jobs, and uh, it's hard not to look at what um, Smeltz did coming out of the pen and giving us those innings, and those are really important innings. I, for one, never lost faith in the Minnesota Twins. No. I mean, what a performance. The The San Francisco Giants have won, what, three World Series since Target Field was constructed, something like that, and to to – to have that vaunted franchise walk into Target Field and you complete the sweep in the way that you did to save your season. Mm. We're back. We're back, we are Judd. Absolutely back. The twins are so Why back. can't you just enjoy why can't you move off your wrong takes ever? Why can't you just enjoy the fact that this team answered the bell, did what they had to do at home? National TV audience. You know how bad it's gotten? You know how bad it's gotten for me personally? It's gotten this bad. Yesterday, you know, a week, a week and a day post appendectomy, I told Dawn, I'm going to watch the Twins game. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch the Twins game on the couch. We'll watch it together. Oh, God. I got, I literally got top of the first and Bally's started to Bally's. I said, you know what? Take the control. I'm going to the game. I can't take this. I can't take this anymore. Oh, you then you just you went and I went to the game and sat in the press box. (laughs) I think and I think Judd was even maybe fishing. I took the girlfriend's mom to the game yesterday, and I think and Judd even texted like, "Hey, are you here?" And I was like, "Yeah, I I, I took Kelsey's mom with me." And he was nice. I'm in the press box. I couldn't I couldn't do Bramer after a minute. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't take anymore. And I said, okay. And then he started complaining to me about Jay Cave. So I was like, what? which one is it, Judd? You, you, Jay Cave. You is... leave your couch, you complain. You go to the game, you complain. They're sweeping a good team. No, they're not a good team. Two of the three pitchers were awful. Awful. Okay, let's, let's get into statements let's here. Let's Come on, let's go. Monday, I can't take Mackie it. Mackie and Judd, Monday statements. <laughs> I will lead us off here because I don't think Judd's going to do the weekend justice with whatever clownery he has planned here in statements. <laughs> so here's my first statement. Jake Cave may have saved the twin season this weekend. Let's give the man credit where it's due, okay? Yes, he has been a punchline. Dive in Jake Cave. He has been unplayably bad the last three seasons with the twins. He is he has not been a major league caliber player. But for two days this weekend, 
the go-ahead two-run homer on Sunday, followed by a two-RBI double later in the game to put it out of reach. And then on Saturday, two outs in the ninth, game on the line, and he delivers the game-tying single, sending it to extra innings. If he doesn't do anything the rest of the season, for those two days when the Twins needed him the most, yep. Jake Cave delivered clutch hits and put the Twins back in position to reclaim the American League Central. I have been making fun of him for three years. I am man enough right here, looking both you guys in the eye, saying Jake Cave deserves credit for helping to save the twin season this weekend. You know what? Despite the fact that I, I work at what I feel to be, no question about it, is a buzz factory. That just comes up with things, whole cloth. Uh, I appreciate what you just said. And you know what, Jake Cave, two good days. That's awesome. That, But w- how you just articulated it is what I want to hear. You're right. Former punchline, quad A player. Um, and you know what, two days is awesome. Here's what I, here's what, I, and I texted Dex this, and it's what I detest about things like Jake Cave being hot. It's when a wild fourth liner scores a couple of goals. And now we're like, it looks like so-and-so is turning things around and is going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Phil, how you said that is perfect. I love that. Two good days. That's awesome, dude. And I am fully behind the fact that that is even a good story. What I can't take is like, uh, Jake Cave, you know, showing he belongs here. That's what just makes my skin crawl. Okay, but he, who, who, why does there have to be any qualifiers on it? The guy had an amazing weekend. Yep. He made all of us eat crow for 48 hours. Yep. And I don't I don't even have any expectations moving forward. Like dude, you did of all the guys that are going to impact this team, the the 50 guys or whatever who are going to play for this team this season. That's all we need from Jake Cave right there. Hey, uh, just a couple clutch hits in mm-hmm. a series in which the season's on the line. That's it. And, maybe, and so I, I agree with you in part. Like, I don't I don't know that there's anyone out there that's trying to make him seem like something that he isn't, but that's it right there. That's all Jake Cave needed to do this season, and hopefully Buxton I'm comes back that. at some point soon. Yep. And if he goes 0 for his next 15, well, I mean, that's kind of who he's been the last three years as a major leaguer. But for those 48 hours, mm-hmm. Jake Cave deserves to be celebrated. I'm fine with that. I like okay. how you put that. Thank you. Okay. Good for you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You. I'm the master put. at contextualizing things. I feel like that was perfectly put. Minnesota <laughs> sports scene. Okay, it was good. Uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go up next year. Context. I'll go up next year. All right. Uh, I, yeah, I was at the game yesterday. Good little sweep of the Giants. And uh, when Phil and I were doing statements last week, and I said I was waiting for a Carlos Correa moment. It then spawned a next couple days takes on Carlos Correa, who was fighting it a little bit. But my statement is: some C four is being planted right now. Some C4 is being planted at Target Field through the last month of this season. So Carlos Correa, big week at the plate uh, for, for Correa, who Judd might have motivated. He claims he motivated him a little oh, bit here. Bust. I called him a you bust. You called him a bust. Relative, relative to salary. Okay. Asterisk next to bust. But regardless, the words bust and Carlos Correa were used by you. Great shortstop. Uh, last seven games for Correa. Uh, OPS over 1,000. 423 average. Had some big hits. Drove in some runs this week. We've been waiting for a Carlos Correa big-time moment to happen, and then you thought maybe you could get one this weekend, and he delivered. He had some great at-bats. He drove in some runs. There's a month left in this season. 
I'm excited for Carlos Correa to deliver that moment that we've all been waiting for him to deliver. Uh, he, the Twins fans have been asking for him to do that. Even to Judd's point, I could hear maybe a little bit of him being underwhelming so far because, I mean, he was a surprise addition and basically got his way here because he couldn't get the guaranteed contract. But I, I still think his presence in the locker room and everything that they brought him here for has helped the Twins be a first-place team for the most part or be in conversation to win the division. And I'm waiting for my C4 moment, and I think there's some C4 being planted right now at Target Field. C4. Yeah, I like it. And you don't need a ton of C4. You just need a just little a bit little. more C4 than you've been getting so far this season. Okay? Just enough just enough to, to beat Cleveland a few times. I played Call of Duty That's enough. You really yeah, you just need a little bit. Start your kill streak, you're fine. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. My statement is this regarding the Minnesota Twins. Keep it up through Cleveland. Here's what I mean. You've got uh, three games now against a Boston team that pitching-wise is a mess, an absolute mess. You've got um, three games then over the weekend against the White Sox in Chicago. How LaRusa did not get fired, I have no idea. Reinsdorf must, like, it's incredible because they just got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks at home, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, and, yet, and yet they changed nothing, and the White Sox are... Relative to the expectations and talent, they are just a complete joke. Uh, And then after that, gentlemen, you have four games in the Bronx against the Yankees and then come home to play three against Cleveland. You have eight left against uh, the Guardians, including five in Cleveland. So my point is this. Keep it up. And here's what I want. I want series wins. Two of three from Boston at the least. With the way the White Sox are playing. Two of three. So so I want series wins. I'm not demanding sweeps. You're not going to sweep every series. That is not realistic. Here's what I want against the Yankees, though. Four-game series, I want at least two games. Go in there, put on your big boy pants, because you're playing a damn good team now that's back on track, I guess. Weird team, but, I mean, they're damn good. But anyway... What I want to see now is I want to see the success of the Giant series consistently carry on. And to Dex's point, I want to see Carlos Correa for the rest of 2022 play a major role in helping to carry this team at the plate. At shortstop, he is magnificent. I love to watch the guy play short, so don't get me wrong there. But I want... Carlos Correa was 8-for-12 with a home run and four RBIs against the Giants. I want a continuation of him not just being great in the clubhouse, but also this is go time, this is money time. I want to see him thrive at the plate as well, and then I will start to believe a lot more than I do right now. That seems like a realistic ask, right? Hey, man, it's been a, it's been a good season defensively you've been great and behind the scenes you've been great and you and you probably helped with your persistence behind the scenes push the twins to make some trades at the deadline that maybe they traditionally wouldn't have and now it's time for his bat to carry this thing for the next five weeks that's the ask right your yes. bat hasn't been atrocious it's been fine yes that's what i'm asking but it hasn't been like a 35 million dollar bat it needs to be a 35 million dollar bat down the stretch here that's the which segues perfectly into my next statement there's still time to accomplish this franchise's ultimate goal, which is to win a playoff game for the first time in 18 years. Do not lose sight of the goal here, folks. 18 straight playoff losses 
And even though you've had a rocky post-deadline stretch, you know, you've you've basically uh, given all 12 games or 11 games that you were above 500 back. You were almost back to exactly 500. None of this stuff matters. You're playing. It's all sitting in front of you. You don't have the Dodgers or the Yankees sitting atop your division. You were blessed with this division. And so all of the sort of self-made and and whether it was self-made muck or bad luck through injuries, whatever it is, like you know, none of it matters. You have one month to go. You got Cleveland sitting in front of you. You've got a couple guys at the top of your rotation. If you can just get to a playoff series, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, either one of those guys can give you six strong in a playoff game and set you up to win your first playoff game since 2004. Correa's heating up. Buxton will be back at some point, I think. And so um, the bar is so low here. They can, they can clear it with one good run in September and one good game in October. And then we can all look back. Even if they win, they win 86 games. This and they is win so pathetic division. and true. We can, we can all look back oh and God. say, oh, my, they finally took a step forward for the first time in almost 20 years as a franchise by winning a playoff game. It's all sitting in front of you. Before I die, can I also apply to this postseason losing streak? More than half my lifetime is playoff losses for the Twins. So please, just the, the goal of this season is just to win a playoff game. That's the goal. It's a sad mm-hmm. goal. I agree, Judd. It's a sad goal, and it kind of contradicts some of our other mission statements of our Minnesota sports teams and on the show. <laughs> but, but when you've lost 18 consecutive playoff games, I think you can lower that bar a little bit. You can. I want to know here. So we, we got a lot of younger people that have discovered Score North or Mackie and Judd or maybe Purple Daily for the first time in the last couple of years, and we, and we thank you for that uh, via the YouTube channel or whatever. How old do you have to be to remember the last time the Twins won a playoff game? Oh, so you, 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 conscious memories usually start around like you know, four, five, maybe six, seven years old, like your first sports memories. Yeah. So let's say let's say you have to be at least six or seven years old to remember. Like I was six when the Twins won the World Series. I vaguely remember a couple things from that World Series, but just to be, mostly just newspaper yeah, clippings. Yeah, my God. So you you would have had to be. You got to be probably seven years old to like solidly remember. So 1996 sports. born. 2003 90, or 97, seven. 97. Yeah, I mean, o, I, well, 04 was the last time they won a playoff game. I remember 02. Oh, uh, I was about to turn 10. Yeah, because that was 02. So I was born 92. So I was about to turn 10 years old. And my dad, uh, I remember, was just adamant about David Justice flying out like towards the end of the game. He just thought David Justice was a bum and didn't buy into the money ball thing with, with the A's. So I remember that. And I was nine. I remember my dad like yeah. out of his chair, like yeah. basically pumping his fist that the Twins are about to win their first playoff series in 10 plus years. So I would guess if it's if to answer the question, yeah, I would think like between eight and 10 is probably like the more conscious memory that you'd probably have to have. So you got to be at least 25, maybe like 27 years old to remember the last time the twins won a playoff game. Yes. Yes. Let's do it for those people. Let's let's do it for those, the the 23 year old, the 26 year old who's only known Playoff losses to the Yankees, to the Astros, yep, to the A's in mm. 2006. That was kind of the forgotten sweep. They got, they got swept by an even more hodgepodge A's group. Oh, in 06? That was... 06 was disappointing. 06 was awful. Very that, that series was the worst was, of it, right? That series was pathetic. That team had, uh. a, had a Cy Young winner, an MVP, a batting champion, two gold glove players, and didn't win a single playoff game. They clinched on the last you know, day of the season, but still. 
I don't know uh, if Underdog offers this type of game, but mm-hmm. if Underdog offered <laughs> .5 playoff wins as a team, oh my God. would you take the over or the under for the Twins? I'll, I'm going to hammer the over, number one, because I want the payout, uh, and number two, because the Twins, we need to speak it into existence. So let's put a quantifying number on there from our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Over the weekend in preseason football, okay, I was able to win some coin here and on a little on a two-item parlay. And uh, they have some great pick em options. They have fantasy football options. They have fantasy baseball options. You can even draft a team for the playoffs that's coming up for the MLB postseason, two through Underdog Fantasy. You can join with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Some fun things in the work with, with Judd and I, too, to interact with some of you users on the Underdog Fantasy app. So if you have not joined the Underdog Fantasy app, as Judd always texts me every Friday night, hey, Dex, what's some picks I should We're make back, tonight? baby. Yeah. We're back, Dex. Judd, Judd is always asking me for picks. If Judd, if Judd can win some picks, and I think Judd does some of his own scouting, too, sometimes. This is relying on me. I do, a little bit. So join Underdog Fantasy, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. Download the Underdog Fantasy app. Beautiful. Beautiful. Also, a shout-out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been helping with uh, with frontline protection of businesses for over 100 years. And their corporate culture, which they apply to their partnership with your business, is rooted in these four cornerstones. Equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. So, again, they apply those four cornerstones to every interaction, all of their decision-making, Find out how your business can potentially reach new heights partnering with Federated at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Okay, back to Judd. Uh, me. Nope, it's Declan. Me. Me here. Sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, no, I'm not going. Okay. No, don't worry about it. I'm, it's I'm okay. not going. No, nope, we're not going to sabotage the show. It's fine. I mean, me, me, me. No, yeah, no, yeah no. okay. You, you, I, me, you. God, um, this show has become very selfish. To echo both of your last two statements, my statement is let it ride here. Just let it ride. I'm not going to tell you to enjoy the ride because I, I can't guarantee you will. But I will say... Let it ride here. You have a bunch of games still left against your AL Central foes. I believe eight against Cleveland, six against the White Sox, who are just got swept over the weekend. Today, sweep them. Today, put in the pitch runner. Put in the pitch runner. He's taking. He's taking advice from the stands. He's asleep during games. Oh my god. There's no question about it. You know what though? Credit credit to him. Okay, that fan was correct. He was. He made the. You got to go. You got to go. Got to go. Got to go. Oh, my God, it's great. Uh, according to Fangraphs, as of this morning, on Monday morning, their odds have jumped up a little bit, the Twins, that is, uh, to make the playoffs at 38%. I believe it was under 20 going into the Giants series. So this will fluctuate, obviously, kind of up and down a lot with, with the wins and losses for, for the Twins. But, yeah, good amount of games against their central foes. You got the Red Sox here uh, to close out this big home stand. You got to go to the Bronx here in a, in a, in a week as well. Dude. Win some games. Let it ride. Let's enjoy, not enjoy it, but just let it ride for a little bit. Let's see if the Twins can uh, get back in front of the AL Central and, yes, win that GD playoff. Two game. in the Bronx. Two. I want two. Two of four. Okay. Not that much to ask. So it's the, yeah, ESPN has them around like 38%. Mm-hmm. And let's see here. I'm just trying to look on, uh, on fan graphs. They're at 38 too. On Fangraphs to make the so, playoffs, yeah. Okay, twenty nine percent to win the division. Cleveland at six, right in your hands, right in your hands, Twins. Go get it, All right, Judd? You got any more twin statements? Oh hell yeah, bag? of course, course I do. Of course I do. Okay. What are you talking about? All right, here's my statement. Remove the temptation. Remove that temptation. I bring you to baseball church and tell you that the temptation is too strong for Rocco Baldelli, and so I want it removed. And what do I want removed? What's the temptation? Emilio Pagan. I can't, you can't do this. So yesterday, he comes in 
Um, the Twins are are I believe what tied at the time, Dex, or they're down or they're down by a run. I think Sanchez out after t- three and two thirds. Pagan comes in. And look, he got through two-thirds, a hit, a run, two walks, and a, a strikeout. But here's why I want the temptation removed immediately, and I'm not joking. I'm not just like, oh, they, they got to cut him. He needs to be off the roster. Here's why. He is the exact type of pitcher who they will put into a playoff game if they, if they panic about the starter. He is the exact, well, it's early on. We can just bring Pagan in. It's a temptation that you don't need. It's, it is, it is taking any type of person who can't have a temptation in front of, of them and presenting it. Pagan is, Pagan is the snack in the fridge of the dieter, right? Well, I got some ice cream in the fridge. I mean, I might as well. No, we got to remove that. Those hot Cheetos are calling my name. Exactly. We got to remove that. So I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Pagan is, we have seen this, guys. We've seen games that go not even sideways, but they're just a little bit, you know, like, oh, it might be time to take the starter out. What should we do? And my God, it's some slappy from the bullpen like Pagan. To Phil's point, I think you decrease your odds of winning a playoff game, and we're talking about one, if you have a guy like Pagan who you're like, oh, it can't hurt to bring him in. It's the fourth. No, it can. Yeah. You know, I, I have something going on in my life right now that reminds me of the Twins' temptation to use Emilio Pagan. So, uh, you know, we've been dealing with a little, little COVID sickness in the household here. I got knocked out of my ass last week, kind of emerging from it. And so, you know, friends and family will send little things here and there. And, nice. uh, and we, we got a little, little COVID snack pack that, that includes like a bunch of chips ahoy, just some good yeah. comfort oh, yeah. snacks, Absolutely. like chocolates and stuff. Love it. And uh, and now that I'm kind of emerging from it, I, I want I, I like to start the month of September into football season throughout my life. I like to hit the ground running with like a whole 30 or just like just get into the Ugh. fall season, just just get in healthy, right? And I figured, well, you know, I could still eat these, cool. these cookies and stuff. I could just, instead of eating them all in one day, what if I just kind of spread them out over the course of like a week and it's a half? It's Pagan's. Right? Well, you're still using, yeah, you're still eating the cookies. It's not pecans, it's pagans. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's like, well, if I just like, maybe if I have a little bit of pagan on Tuesday, but then I don't use them on Wednesday, and then I have some more, you're still having a ton of pagan. It's not going to And now the next thing, it's Friday, (laughs) midnight, and and you're like, I really shouldn't eat. Bad time to eat, right? But there's a stack of pagans. It's three to one, you know, we could just bring them in. Oh, what if we just like brought them in for an out? Yep. (laughs) Just, uh, you could just... Mm-mm. Not how it works. It's a cigarette. It's a cigarette. I'm trying to quit, but there's some Marlboros right there, and I just had a beer. Oh, what the heck? I'll have a Pagan. I just need one drag. It's like the, like the Cookie Monster family. You put some respect on a, on a cigarette after a couple of beers like that. I would not. Don't put the slander with Emilio Pagan on it. Okay? Believe me, I've seen that around yeah. my house before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those heaters are expensive, too. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right. Any other final Twins-related statements from, from you guys? No, I, I got to experience my first... Uh, uh, Jorge Lopez entrance. Oh yeah, what'd you think? Which is pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of eerie. It's better at night. I bet it's they way shut better. Shut the at lights night. off. Yeah, I bet it's, it's a, way yeah. better. I tweeted at night. that before. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, like it, they kind of still show him warming up. In fact, like I was like, does he not know he's supposed to come into the no, game? Because like the they're, thing. The they're still showing. He throws like two to three more additional pitches in the pen. Well, the Edwin and the Edwin Diaz thing is. Gold. That is absolutely gold. So they're probably well, actually, the White Sox with Liam Hendricks have a pretty cool one too, where the lights go off and flicker. Yeah, Baltimore does so too. Kind of, it's a little more embarrassing when you give up like three earned runs or something after that yeah, whole production. But that doesn't work out too well. But yes, it's very cool. You know, Glenn Perkins had to cut him down. You know, 
I got so sick of stand up and shout by Joe Nathan. But I mean, even that was, you know, in its heyday, it was pretty cool. I love the Jorge Lopez one. I love it. Mm-hmm. The lights well, out. Did, is cool. Mar- did Mariana Rivera with the uh, Enter Sandman was he, was he the first closer with entrance music? I think Trevor Hoffman beat him to it with Hell's, Hell's Bells. Bells. Okay, I think that's when it started to get really pop, really pop. And then was it Heath Bell that would do the full on sprint, yeah. the fat guy sprint from the bullpen out yeah, of Petco, which is like a far sprint. That park is huge. Bullpen cars, dude. Oh my god! How many times did he walk the first batter because he was still <gasps> out of breath from? Sprinting his three hundred pound ass, <laughs> the fat man sprint. <laughs> I mean, I walk up and down the steps in my house and get winded going into a Purple Daily recording. For God's sake! Um, all right, let's get into our second round of statements here. Vikings related statements from uh, now they wrapped up their third preseason game. Uh, if you're if you're looking for Judd's fifty three man roster projection over on Purple Daily, you can get all of that and more. And don't forget. We are the home, Score North and Purple Daily specifically, of the most fan-friendly, interactive, entertaining Vikings postgame show on the planet. It's called Vikings Ventline. If you've never experienced it, uh, right after Vikings games are over, over on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, definitely come join us. We essentially turn the entire show over to you guys, the fans. We bring you into the video with us. You can always find it on demand in podcast form on the Purple Daily Podcast feed, but we are less than two weeks away from the 2022 debut of post-game Vikings Ventline. So uh, so join the party if you have yet to do so, starting after the Vikings-Packers game. But uh, let's start over with uh, with Judd. Why don't you lead us off with Viking statements? All right, uh, um, a broad one, but it's something that I'm very eager to see. My statement is this. Now we can find out, can Kevin O'Connell coach? Can Kirk Cousins change his ways? Can Garrett Bradbury pass protect? Can Justin Jefferson not only be Cooper Cup, but better? Like, there are so many things um, as far as storylines go and as far as things to look forward to if you follow this team or are a fan that I think that this is tremendously exciting. Like, and I have no clue. It all might work great. It all might not work. Some might work. But like, if you th- if you think about the amount of questions which we don't know the answers to yet, just offensively, forget defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, we now, starting two weeks from uh, or two weeks from yesterday, get to find out how much of this works and how does it work. And I think the one thing that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt is this is going to be a very different looking team as far as approach goes and as far as philosophy goes. But I am very excited to start to see the answers unfold on the 11th of September against the Packers. Yep, it's and it it might take a while to get the offense looking the way that it's supposed to look like. So I'm I'm willing to be patient. But what a breath of fresh air, different approach from a head coach. And again, it's all going to be decided in wins and losses on the field. Leslie Frazier was a nice guy that got along better with players than Brad Childress did just 10 years ago. So you always sort of hire the opposite of what you fired previously, but it just feels like the way that O'Connell is going about team building, relationship building, specifically with the quarterback, yep. uh, applying this new, more modern offensive scheme, it just it it feels like they're going to take a step forward. But it is the Vikings. It is Kirk Cousins. There have been seasons where you felt like this was the case before, and to Judd's point, we're gonna we're gonna start to find out the actual answers to the test. 
in less than two weeks here. So it should be fun. Um, within that, here is my first Viking statement. Greg Joseph is a badass. I think he, well, let's just start with the third preseason game. I mean, he really didn't get that much action the first couple preseason games. It wasn't like they were you know, moving into scoring position on a regular basis, even in this one. But he hits the 46-yarder, which, again, it's Denver. You know, you, you got you to gotta take the uh, the distance with a grain of salt in that stadium, in that environment. But a 46-yarder that hit the net at the top of the goalpost. So, so it probably would have been good from 70 yards. And then he bails out the bad sack that Kellen Mond took at the edge of field goal range. He took a sack at, like, the 40-yard line. Like, Jesus, they're going to have to kick a, almost a 60-yarder here. Yep. And they did. They ran out Greg Joseph for a 58-yarder. Bang. And if that's any indication, as he culminates a really good offseason here, uh, if that's any indication of what we can expect in the regular season, the guy that you can send out there to to bail out the offense as they stall at the edge of field goal range, um, I, I think he's on track to be one of the better kickers we've seen in recent Vikings history. Mm. We'll just have to see how it goes when things – if he has a bad game, how does he recover from it, right? Can he avoid a 37-yard missed field goal game winner against the Cardinals? Like, those are the situations that you're going to be curious to see. But uh, I think he's a badass. I think he's got the leg. And I think they're treating him in a way that should keep his confidence higher than uh, most kickers were under Mike Zimmer. Agree completely. And the thing here, too, is... and. I continue to say this. I think next to Kirk, this guy benefits the most for, from the fact that Mike is gone. I really do. It's just, it's so counterproductive to have a, a position, and I don't care how much you like it or hate it, but it's so counterproductive to ha- have a position that's ig- that's only ignored until things go wrong, right? So it's like, of course you made that kick. You're supposed to, you missed that kick? And yeah. so... I just think as far as, as what KOC is going to bring from a calmness factor and as far as just a ma- managing of the roster factor, there is no question. Kirk is the going to be the primary beneficiary, beneficiary of that. But I think Joseph is probably second because he's not going to be just completely criticized and mocked when he does miss a field goal. I have a nice little uh, special team statement here I'll, I'll throw at you guys here. I'll say uh, wide right. I don't mean wide R I G H T. I mean oh, wow. wide W R I G H T. Oh, you mean the right mm-hmm. stuff, Ryan Wright, or the right stuff? W R I G H T. Give me more puns and give me all of it, Ryan well, how about, Wright. Uh, how about how about Judd was wrong? All of us were right. Yeah. When you have six foot three, that's pretty damn good. Be very careful. We all uh, don't li- don't listen to fearful Judd. Be the very Vikings careful. Made the right yep. decision, decision. Yeah. at punter yep. and holder. Yeah, wow. that's good. You just jinxed it in December when he drops a snap. I don't know, man. Six foot three, two hundred and forty five pounds. That's a big boy right there. Oh, is that a height and weight? Six three. Two. I, I don't know if you heard it. I on didn't the know that after listening to the broadcast. I couldn't figure out how big he was. Six three, two hundred and forty five <laughs> pounds. I mean, how many preseason finales do we have where we have the kick? Uh, our, uh, a Vikings coach praising both the kicker and the punter, and even with Jordan Berry's cut maybe being a bit of a surprise because I thought we were going to have a punt off. I thought that was going to be our one A topic against the Broncos in the preseason finale. Uh, Ryan Wright, big guy punter. He's got the hold down. Greg Joseph has been nails. And also, I love me a fake punt. The idea of a fake punt gets me super excited. It's a random football play. You only get like maybe a couple plays of a fake punt for your team a year. Amen. I trust Ryan Wright to potentially either skip one a little bit, not skip one, throw one a little bit, or barrel his way through. 
Give him a little power run, 245 pounds. Dude. You're not tackling that former, guy. Former high school quarterback. Oh, was he? Former high school quarterback. I'm going to tell you right now, there's trick plays coming. Trick Absolutely. plays. So, you, so, he, so he can throw, he mm-hmm. can kick. He, he, because of his size and weight, he can, he can kick probably like and just kind of barrel into the line of scrimmage for two or three yards. Yes, sir. Football. Amazing. So, yeah, wide right. I did some digging, too, just going through the Vikings roster. This is the how, how many guys as of right now are on the roster? Like 83? I think it's like 80? 78. There's 78? A, yeah, yeah. they cut another one today. Right now. Somewhere in there. Yeah. So his listed weight is heavier than 45 other players on the Vikings roster, including Irv Smith Jr., Jordan Hicks, and Eric Kendricks. And he looks, I mean, and and he looks like a big guy, too. Like, it, it's, it's not like, oh, man, he weighs that much. He looks thin. Like, that dude likes to eat, and it's awesome. Is he going to keep the number 66? He can't. I guess they do have rules against that. So he's going to have to so change you can, it. You can wear it in preseason, but you can't wear you it. You can wear it in preseason, season. and like and like they've they waived a bunch of, of rules where, where like um, th- there was a time where what receivers had to wear certain digits and mm-hmm. yeah. running backs, cornerbacks. They've changed those, but they were talking on the telecast, and I heard this somewhere else as well that he can't wear sixty six. Did you guys see? Also, this guy's name came up in our pecking order yesterday. Do you know Mike Harris, the former Vikings lineman, has a new job? Yes. With, like, the Vikings. I think it's with the Vikings. It's I don't the know if it's with, is it the NFL? It's the league. He is a home team uniform inspector. Which is what Greg Coleman was previously. That's what Greg Coleman used to do. Yeah. yeah. So he's now doing this as well. So Mike Harris, who uh, was on our pecking order just a week or two yeah. ago, is now uh, apparently a working for the league. Job. That would be, it's like when you get into, you want to be a police officer, and they say, all right, uh, well, we don't have any of those jobs, but you're going to be a traffic meter checker. It's instead. a crossing guard. I appreciate I appreciate the it. crossing. I appreciate don't. It. No, no, no. It's not crossing guard. It's you're you're. It is a it is a Paul meter Bart. police officer because your whole day is trying to screw people. Yeah, I, I, you're not. I hate it. A, a, a crossing guard. You're trying to help people, yeah, not I get like, killed at intersections. I actually appreciate a crossing guard. Your whole yeah. job. Mm-hmm. You're literally going up and down the street right, trying to point. screw yeah, people's day. Okay, that right. is what you are in the NFL. And by the way, Greg Coleman, who's a wonderful human being, I have. Uh, known Greg Coleman going back to K fan days like 15, 20 years ago. But Greg Coleman, I mean, what a what a snake like job, right? Going around before the game and shaking hands with players while you look down at their socks. Oh, how you doing there, uh, guy? Great to see you, Jarek McKinnon. Let me just take one quick look at your socks well, down there. And then talking to him, though, also on the so- sideline for for the broadcast. That's the uh, you know, I'd be like, Greg, I don't want to talk to you if you're going to. And I saw, I think it was Antoine Winfield one year got fined like every game because his socks weren't pulled up right. Yeah, Twan, that's a great tackle. Great tackle. Is your is your towel tucked in the right place there? I I'm with you on like this. I hate that job. Check it off. I hate that job. I mean, it's the <laughs> just a tattletale. It, I know. That's what I'm saying. You're not Sounds doing like this right. You're you tell me Mike Harris can't find some other job in football. There's not <laughs> any other job. There's not a he there's not a college offensive line job. So he coaches high school and tattles on else. players. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. I absolutely hate that. Ridiculous. Okay. Are we back to me now? Uh, okay. I don't remember. Next statement. I got lost. Yeah. I stand for Ty Chandler. All right. And semicolon or comma. <laughs> and I was right all those weeks ago. 
The Buzz Factory, right here. Buzz Back Factory. In, uh, oh, Buzz, Buzz Factory. Buzz, Buzz Factory. You got to listen to the Buzz Factory. Give me the buzz. Back in, what, June, I want to say? It was before training camp. We floated the notion on this show that, boy, they, 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 they really like Ty Chandler. There's some good reports coming out about Chandler and the OTAs, the minicamps. You start watching him at practice, and we said, Boy, Alex Madison took a step back last year, yards per carry, different things, and he has one year left on his contract. You're not going to re-sign him because you're already paying Dalvin Cook and you drafted Ty Chandler. If you could get something for Alex Madison, it would seem to be very helpful. Just trade him for a six-round pick as a a team that loses a running back, and wouldn't you know it? So Ty Chandler is going to make the team. I think Ty Chandler is the second-best running back on this team right now. A report came out this morning from heavy on sports (laughs) reporter Matt Lombardo. You can scoff all you want, Judd, no, at the credibility of Matt Lombardo. Love, no, no, I'm not scoffing at his name. I like heavy on sports. Heavy on sports, which uh, it's a large online platform. Mm-hmm. Very, very credible. Mm-hmm. Kind of credible. Matt Lombardo has 34,000 Twitter followers and a blue check mark. He is a senior NFL reporter, and he has an agency. Okay, he's been he's repped by yeah, uh, an agency. No, he's, he's rep- repped by an agency. Nice. I know the he's name. a legitimate. NFL reporter, and he said some chatter on Vikings running back Alex Madison, I'm told per league sources. While Minnesota isn't actively shopping him, the team is certainly listening to offers. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. It so makes could sense. they look to move Alex Madison officially here? Go get, I don't know, get a late round pick or something and send him to some other team. I think it would have to be more than a late round pick, so it's probably... Long odds, but I think you get a fifth. I think your heart was in the right place. I'd probably say a fourth. I think they'll be looking Wait, for well, like a fourth. Know. If you could get a fourth round pick, yeah, Alex Madison, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. But, uh, but I think that your Buzz Factory reckless speculation was in the right place. Okay. With all due respect to, to Matt Lombardo, yes, credible rep by an agency with heavy. I love it. The blue check mark. Okay, like how come? A TV anchor, not even anchor, multimedia journalist in Billings, Montana, has a better path to get a blue check mark. A blue check mark does not excite me. I'm sorry, you guys. It's, it's just a status thing. I'm a millennial. I want the praise. I want the. I, I want the care. gratification. I want. I want all I of it. I feel like the blue check mark has been very fruitful to me in life and on Twitter. I just don't. Care. Uh, I get VIP access to many different places. Like usually, That's when nice. I walk into a restaurant now, they yeah. say, "Hello, Mr. Mackey." Mr. Mackey. Mr. Mackey. Yeah, they, every time I sit down for dinner somewhere, it comes with a bottle of complimentary champagne. So nice. you guys are missing out on the blue check. I just don't. I've never applied for it. I, I won't. I don't care. I think the strip. I think the strip made their people apply for it like four years back, or they, they applied for them or something. Well, when you're a credible newspaper, you definitely want they the, definitely the blue want check mark credibility. When you're the buzz factory and you are just, just slinging reckless speculation. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good point. You don't want to be bogged down by that. Good point. All right. Any uh, other Viking statements from you guys? Yeah. I got one, one more. One more from me too. Um, I, I would, my, my statement would be: give me, give me all the skill position players. Give me all the skill position type of players. So to, to Phil's point about Ty Chandler, to maximize all your skill position guys, making maybe Alexander Mass becomes expendable, but using as many running backs and wide receivers in Kevin O'Connell's system, I think is the better. Uh, look, they have great wide receiver depth. Even if they lost a Thielen, and if they lost a Jefferson, I think it would be problematic. But I love the depth behind them. I still think Amir Smith-Marset has an opportunity to grow. Um, I want all the skill position players possible 
on this roster under Kevin O'Connell, not just for insurance sake in case uh, someone gets injured or anything, but I just like the idea of maximizing your offense with numerous skill position guys. I'm, I want to see all of them, how they're using Wes Phillips and Kevin O'Connell's offense. Let's get it. lot of three receiver sets. That's what you're going to see. Yes. The Go. most, but the Rams ran the most, I don't, I don't know if it was statistically the most three receiver sets, but it was the most 11 personnel. Yep. In the entire league last year. Do not sweat the tight end. That's my, if Irv Smith can play, that's awesome. That's great. He could be really good, but don't sweat it. It's not, this This ain't the old days, folks. This ain't the Zim Kubiak. We got to have a tight end. If we don't have a tight end, we're going to be dead. We got to run the ball more. <laughs> Those days are done. I've got one more statement. Okay. I've got one more right. statement. And, and my statement is going to, to enter a territory that nobody has entered yet as far as possible position flip. That's Listen, right, because yep. the buzz factory, a change at a position. The, the buzz factory is all about what? Being ahead of the, the curb. But before I do, I want to talk about my friends at Spiral Light Candles, because the football season is just about here. And you know what that means? That means sweating out victories. That means that you are intense the entire day. That means that you're getting up from the couch, jumping up. You might be dropping an expletive, which I don't applaud, but what the heck. But Spiral Light, you know what they do? They calm you down. The aroma, the scent is fantastic. And right now, right now, available at the State Fair at the base of the steps in the center of the grandstand, 16 different candle scents, including Judd's Purple Positivity Candle. And that candle is the one that's going to calm you down. So like when the kids are there and your wife says, honey, you can watch the Vikings. Please don't swear. I want to calm you down because I want to tell you right now at the State Fair or by going to SpiralLightCandles.com, Judd's Purple Positivity Candle is going to provide the calming influence that you need during Vikings games, spiralightcandles.com. All right. Uh, beautiful transition there. And since you're on the subject, I think we should say hi to the official dog food of Mackie oh, and God. Judd here, Nutrisource. So Nutrisource chicken and rice is the, the food of Maya, Maya the monster, as we call her. I know that uh, your little gal Stella and her friend Ryder are very excited about the Nutrisource treats, which people can find nationally, even worldwide, or, of course, based in Minnesota, which is where uh, this third-generation company operates from, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a retailer near you that makes you smile like Maya is on this video on the YouTube channel. Look at the ears, too. Man, is that food popular in in my house right now. Woo-hoo! dog loves the food. It's fantastic. Sometimes I'll pour some almond milk on it and eat it myself. Um, Maybe not quite, but... I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I will... Say this again. The snacks smell delicious. They do. I, I mean, know. it sounds really weird, but the snack. I'm not. I'm not joking. You ever smell your fingers after? Uh, okay, let's stop no. right there. Let's okay. stop right there. Uh, right. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. <laughs> okay, my statement on the Vikings to further a storyline that I, I think is going to come up um, fairly quickly once the regular season starts. My statement is this: There's one big question. That is, what is the pressure? On Cam Bynum, who is definitely going to start at the safety opposite Harrison Smith, considering Lewis Seen, once I, I think he was out with a knee problem on Saturday, but once he's back, okay? Like, I don't think that this is, and Bynum's impressed and he deserves the job. So this is not a slight against Bynum, but it is saying Seen is a first round pick. And I think there's upside there. And I do think that there are going to be ways to get creative to, to um, potentially use them at times in three safety sets. But beyond that, 
I mean, Cam Bynum, if one guy's play is going to be dissected because there is a guy behind him chomping at the bit to play, it's seen, right? So I think that's a storyline that the Buzz Factory is going to be keeping a very close eye on as we get going because there is going to be a clear pressure on Bynum to produce uh, at a pretty consistent and high level because Seen is going to be right there to take his job if that does not happen. So, yeah, how will it work? If Because I, I think Bynum's a really good player. And I think in a perfect yeah. world, whenever you say goodbye to Harrison Smith, and maybe maybe that's after this year, I don't know, he's getting up there. I think Bynum is a starter for you for multiple years. But let's say Bynum plays great and Harrison Smith plays great. How many snaps per game in different packages can they find for Lewis Seen? Is there a different... Can he can he drop down and play some linebacker? Is he a guy that you can put in in coverage in different? You know, if there's a dime personnel package out there, I guess if if Bynum and Smith are both really good, and you play sixty defensive snaps in a game, how many how many times can you really get seen on the field? Ten. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes, and because it, it ain't probably 50, ten, right? probably ten tops, right? Yeah, but that's the point. Is he a guy that you'd run out there on, like, punt coverage and stuff? Seen? Yeah. Initially, yes. So you might run him out on special teams just to find but some like, you things know, for him to do. It, it, it's weird because if Bradbury struggles, okay, Schlotman might replace him eventually, but it's not like he's right there. Like, it's not like, well, we've drafted Austin Schlotman high. Um, I, I think if you look at the logical trickle-down of guys that are going to have pressure, Cam Bynum is probably one. And again, that's not that he's not good. Yeah, It's yeah. that a first-round pick is right there. Yeah. So there you go. Those are your Viking statements for uh, the week here on Mackie and Joe. I do have a buffoon of the week for you guys, football-related. Of course. Every week we, uh, we highlight someone in the world of sports that deserves this honor. And uh, this particular person is 71 years old and inexplicably is still just there and hanging around. Pete Carroll oh, is my wow. buffoon oh, your guy. of the week. Right on so the street. Pete, love me some Pete Carroll, hmm. but he's 71 years old. The Seahawks are headed into a full-on rebuild in a division with three Super Bowl contenders, or at least three playoff contenders, but I would argue that the three other teams in the NFC West could all easily win 11 or 12 games and, and make a run. He just lost Russell Wilson to the Broncos. All right. He's left now with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. And here's what he said a few days ago. Quote, I know it's not supposed to be a good situation when you have two quarterbacks. It means that you only have one is the old saying. But I don't know, though. We might have two number ones. We'll see what happens. And he had to make the impossible decision to pick between the two this last weekend. And so Geno Smith wins the the battle going into week one, at least, over Drew Locke. But my question for Pete is, what are we doing here, guy? All these TV jobs available. You don't think that guy would get swooped up in 10 seconds to go make $5, $10 million a year doing TV color commentator? I mean, hell, Fox, Fox is looking for a number one guy. You know, Tom Brady's not there yet. Some of the guys that are being hired to Amazon and these different networks, couldn't Pete just step down at 71? He lost his franchise quarterback. He's got a Super Bowl under his belt. Just go do TV. What, or just what are we doing? Or just fire him. What I don't understand is this. Aging coach, okay, 
aging but still great quarterback. Let's see. Who goes? If I'm the Seahawks, that ain't hard. Hey, Pete, you did a great job. Thank you very much. You're gone. It is weird. Yeah, was there not an option to, hey, Ross, listen, guy, <laughs> let's let's revamp this thing with a younger offensive-minded coach. Pete, we're going we're gonna to make a statue, put it outside the stadium. You're the most legendary coach in Seahawks history. Thanks for the, the time. Uh, instead, we're going to ride the ship to the bottom of the NFC. Yeah. Oh, like Russ, who do you want? Thing kind of. I'd like, I'd like this guy as my coach. Okay, Russ, it's done. Yeah, the whole thing it seems kind of shrouded in passive aggressiveness, and now it's like they just got a seventy-one-year-old Pete Carroll that's gonna just gonna stay on the ship while the violins play. I guess and they go to the bottom. I of the got NFC. a name for you, but he's got two number one quarterbacks now, which is more than he had last. And that's year. such a bunch of crap. And Locke, I'm, Dex. I apologize, but Drew Lockett ain't good. Like, he, he threw three more picks. He's just not good. He, he couldn't beat Geno Smith out for a starting quarterback yeah. job. Or Teddy Bridgewater, for that he, he matter. Did, you know, he did get COVID and kind of set oh, back. Oh, God, and, stop. You know, you know that better stop. than anyone, Phil. I know that, being fast and positive for COVID. Um, but, yeah, couldn't beat him out. Kevin O'Connell. Perfect backup, though. If I had been Seattle, I would have taken a long, hard look at Kevin O'Connell. Didn't, uh, didn't Shooter report that the Vikings were maybe going to take a look at Pete Carroll if yes, they fired yes. Mike Zimmer? There, I, think there's somebody, I think there's somebody in the group that really liked Pete Carroll. I don't know who <laughs> it was, but I think there was. I, I think, Charlie, that wasn't made up. He got that from somebody, and yeah, I think there's yeah. somebody in the group that liked Pete, which would have been just a awful hire. I remember uh, a social media clip going kind of viral of us talking about that, and then uh, some people kind of misjudging what the buzz factory was saying on the whole Pete Carroll hiring. And we weren't necessarily all for it. We were just kicking around the idea in the dwell of the off season, trying to figure out, could this actually be something that works? Right. And it got, I think all of us shot it down. Yes. That we would not prefer Pete Carroll to be the, I seem to recall. I seem to recall there there were those who accused uh, the BF of actually starting it too. Like they didn't know that we were talking about a report. And so they're, I'm I'm upset that we, that we have started upset that it didn't get leaked to what's, us. What's first, the BF? Buzz Factory. Buzz Factory. Okay. Just go with short. To, Buzz Factory. Try to keep up here. Yeah, I, try to I'm keep trying. Up. We have, we're doing puns. We're doing abbreviations. Just trying to figure it out. Anyway, I'm that's a good buffoon, buffoon, Phil. You're not. So wrong. there's your buffoon of the week, and that is uh, Mackie and Judd on this Monday here. Uh, I've been told that Randy in Cottage Grove is going to make his 2022 season good. debut. He's got some thoughts on He's the Vikings Randy. going into the season here on tomorrow's show. So. That'll be a thing. And uh Kegerator. Yeggerator. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And check out Judd's fifty three man roster projection on Purple Daily today. Daily Vikings Entertainment over on that channel. Over here, we just want the twins to to win a damn playoff game before we die at some point. See you guys.